Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Hey, uh, it feels like I had a weather sequel this week, right? What in the world happened? Did we just fly right past fall? And Seasons are kind of sequels, aren't they? What's your favorite season? Fall? Yeah, well, we're not having one this year, I guess, right? <laughs> seasons are just those sequels of faithfulness of God to bring about the next necessary thing in our lives, right? We've been looking at the Bible's fondness for sequels lately and how God likes to write sequels in people's lives, that there's this life and then enter God and his power, his grace, and then there's a sequel that's written. And we've been looking at different aspects of that over the last few weeks. And uh, I'm persuaded that God wants to make sequels to our present lives, that God is always just doing the next thing, that we're always on a journey, that there's always a possibility, an opportunity for us to connect with the Lord, turn a page, and start a new chapter. And that's what we've been looking at in the Bible. I want to talk for a few minutes about the making of your sequel this morning, just that you have a sequel that God wants to make, and I love that transition. I'm sorry. I just am so easily impressed. Could we do that again? Is it possible to go back? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I didn't even know such a thing was possible. Oh, yeah. Give it up for PowerPoint, all right? Give it up for somebody who's easily impressed by technology. Yeah, right, Rich? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The making of your own sequel as we've been looking at these scriptures lately and looking at these concepts of the sequel, it's really come, uh, come to the place where, where we've noticed that there's a sequence to this. There's a sequence of reality in our walk with God that creates this sequel. And so I'd like to end, uh, complete this series today, but let's just start by kind of going through where we've been and taking a little time to do that so that you make sure you're, you're caught up on that. That the first step, if you will, or the first reality in the making of our sequel is a thing called faith. Faith, that makes sense, right? Our whole, our whole reality with God is built on faith. That it starts with faith. That we get this stirring inside of us, this, this, this longing for God. We can't see him, but we get this stirring and this need for him, Yes? We become aware of the fact that there's a distance between us and God, and that distance the Bible calls sin. And we become aware that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, shed his blood for us, rose from the dead for us. And as we personally release our faith into that reality without seeing, then we are saved, is what the Bible says, right? We're saved. And our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, And our eternal destiny in heaven is made for sure. And so this is faith. It all begins with faith. And uh, as we walk out faith, we begin to see things. The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. So we begin in faith and just say, I believe. I'm choosing to believe. And as we step out in belief, then you notice little things begin to happen. You begin to notice things you didn't notice before coincidences that can only be explained by the hand of God in your life. Am I right? And so your faith walk has a sight component to it, which we'll get to in just a minute. But it all begins with faith. And I just couldn't overemphasize this because you have faith. 
and you have enough faith inside of you to see God do great things in your life. Jesus said if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, which is a tiny little seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, nothing will be impossible for you. And so what Jesus is saying is that we, we all come with this faith. It's there. It's there. But it's our choice as to whether to release it, to, to allow our sight to just, just close our eyes for a minute and say, God, I'm going to walk by faith right now. I'm going to believe that you exist. I'm going to believe that, that you want to have a relationship with me. I am going to, by choice, believe that, yours, that it is true what your Bible says, that Jesus died on the cross. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For Catch this, it says, For whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So, so faith is the very core. You have to believe that he exists. And this is a firm choice that we make. This is a release of faith. But it's a choice that we make. Are you choosing to believe that God exists today? Or are you still kind of tapping your toe in and out of the water? You see, the sequel doesn't really begin until you fully believe, until you release faith. Not kind of messing around with it. I think that there may be some Christians who, who call themselves Christians, but their prayer kind of goes like this. Oh God, if there is a God, Save my soul if I have a soul. And so it's sort of, now, now some of you right now are going, yeah, you know, that, that kind of is where I am. I, I, I like, I'm here today in case there's a God, right? <laughs> I'm here today in case this is true. Any, any part of this reality is true. But that's not really faith, is it? Faith is saying, I'm here today because I have made a decision to believe that the Bible is true. Doesn't mean you understand everything, but you believe that it's true. I'm here today because I believe that there is a God. Now, because you, you have faith that there is a God doesn't mean you don't have questions, correct? That, let's make sure we separate those two things. That you believe there's a God, you fully... But, Actually, when you begin believing in God, it just opens up a whole box of questions, doesn't it? But then how, and then why, and then when? Uh, am I right? The questions are fine. I've been married to Karen for 46 years. I believe in her. I believe that she exists and that she is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek her, okay? <laughs> but I have so many questions about this woman. I don't know... How long uh, we'll have to live together before I get, begin to understand her, right? That's all right. You know, I think that if we, if we believe in God, in all of his majesty, the God of the universe, and say, I have no questions, I'm good, we're not believing in God at all, right? So it begins by faith. And that's an act of, if you want God to write a fresh sequel in your life, it begins by faith. That initial faith in Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord of your life. Yes, Lord, I recognize now that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I haven't had my first perfect day yet, and I get that there's a distance between you and me. And right now, right here in this place, at this second, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior 
Wash me of my sins, my Lord, direct my life. That's the first act of faith. And then from there, you just begin believing, right? You begin, you begin reorienting your life around faith uh, rather than sight. So that was the first, first step of the sequel. The second step in the sequel series uh, Christian brought for us from the book of Nehemiah, and it's really that after faith, then we get, we get uh, overwhelmed with a sense of purpose, purpose in our lives. The sequel, God, the sequel continues as we understand God's purpose in our lives. Remember that uh, Christian talked about uh, Nehemiah and the burden that he received for the people who were back in Jerusalem. That burden caused him to pray. That burden caused him to sacrifice. That burden caused him to be obedient. And I think another way of saying burden is, is purpose, that that was his life's purpose, that he was so overwhelmed by the plight of the people of Israel uh, in Babylon and wanted to go and, and reestablish things in Jerusalem, that that became his very purpose. He got up to do it. He went to bed thinking about it, and that was his purpose. And God has a purpose for you. God, how many times must I share Ephesians 2.10 with you? How many times, church, that you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do, that God has specific purpose for each one of us, specific plan for each one of us. And the sequel continues as by faith we say, God, what is your purpose for me? What is your purpose for me? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, Abraham had a purpose. He was minding his own business as an idol worshiper in the land of the Chaldeans, and God came and called him to be the father of many nations. Moses had a purpose, right? He was just kind of trying to get by in the house of Egypt, and God said this, God said that, and he had purpose. And you continue to go through the scripture, Elijah had purpose, and Paul had purpose. Deborah had purpose. These people had purpose as they, as they just walked out their walk with God in faith, that their lives were defined by purpose. It wasn't just getting up, same stuff, different day, but it was getting up saying, what do you want to do today, Lord? How are we going to fill out, fulfill the purpose today? How could your life be different if, if, if you were overwhelmed by a sense of purpose from God? Now, there's certain elements of purpose that are clear to us, right? If we have children, our purpose is to be excellent parents. If we're married, our purpose is to be a great spouse. All of these things, if, if we have a job, our purpose I think Christians should be the best employees on planet Earth to go, just to give God glory. And uh, so a lot of the elements of our purpose is, is kind of right there in front of us. But what about a specific sense of purpose, of calling? You know, that's not just for professional Christians like myself. It's for everyone that God has a sense of calling, that there are people waiting to be touched by God through you, through something that he's already placed in you at your salvation. Some spiritual gift, some way about you, some capacity that he's given to you. Just take time in your life to say, God, am I understanding your purpose? Am I understanding your purpose? And you know what? That purpose evolves, develops over life. So in every season of life, 
it seems to take on a little bit different form. So if you're in my generation, please don't say, well, I got my purpose when I was 22, and I haven't revisited it since. You know, it's just a new day. It's a fresh day. It's a different world. Ask God, what, what's my purpose? What's my purpose today? Can you do that? Church, every church, can, every, can you just take some time this week and say, Lord, what, what is my purpose? The third reality in the, the living out of a sequel is something called vision. That Remember, we looked at the Apostle Paul and his conversion and how, how he was like, changed from night and day. His sequel began when God blinded him and then scales fell from his eyes and he just saw everything so very, very differently. And if we're going to walk out this sequel that God has for us, walk it out in faith, we've got to ask God to show us what's really going on in the room. Jesus said in John 5, 19, said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so what he's, he's setting an example for us is that God is doing something and that it's possible for us as believers to see what God is doing, to see it. It's as though... I, you know, I don't want to like overplay the matrix kind of analogy, but it's like there's this parallel alternate. I hate to call it a reality because it's not quite that, but that there's stuff going on in this room right now that cannot be seen with the human eye. Who knows what I'm talking about, right? It's going on right now. It's, and sometimes you encounter it. You encounter it in odd sort of sensations or feelings. Sometimes some people actually see things. I'm not such a seer but some people in the scriptures are actually called that, and, and they have a prophetic kind of vision. But God gives every one of us the capacity, whether we're at school, whether we're at work, whether we're at church, whether we're in the neighborhood, whether we're, whatever we're doing, whatever we're doing, that God gives us the capacity to see his power and see what is available to us. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You get that? The eyes of your heart. So you've got these heart eyes. You've got the head eyes and you've got the heart eyes. These are the eyes of the Spirit, aren't they? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you so you can see you're saved, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That when, when you ask God, okay, I'm in, I've got this burden, now I need to see. Give me eyes that see what I need to see so that I can have the capacity, the power, the tools, the mechanism to accomplish the purpose. Yes? Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. You don't seem exactly asleep right now, but you all right? Just, just going all right? Would you invite somebody to church on the basis of a message like this? So far, so good? All right. Well, what I'm about to tell you is, might run some of you off. I got to tell you, and I, I, and I would never do it to do that, of course. Ooh. God shows us stuff as we need to see it. And as we're into that zone with him where we're fulfilling his purpose, he shows us stuff. And it can come in the most amazing ways. So the Bible talks about incense. You know what incense is? Or aromatic stuff. Catholic Church is very much into incense because of this. And 
So the Bible talks about incense in the temple, like the aroma of God, if you will. Probably five, six, seven, eight years ago, it happened for the first time. And I was leading a Tuesday night prayer meeting in one of the set of back rooms back there, probably 30 or 40 people in there. Do you remember this? I'm so weird. And, you know, I, and we, were in the, we were in the space with the Lord. It was on. And I was leading worship, and I began to smell smoke. I mean, not like campfire smoke. This, this is the part. So some of you, when I tell, finish the story, you're going to go, cool. That's cool, Tom. Some of you are going to go, I don't know about that. I'm afraid some of you might say, get the kids, honey. Let's get out of here, all right? I smelled smoke in my nostrils. And it was cigarette smoke. Yeah, I know. It was cigarette smoke. It was the actual smell of cigarette smoke. And I smelled it. And I remember, because sometimes God will give us sort of an inclination like that for somebody else. And so I said, does anybody else smell cigarette smoke? And everybody goes, no. But there were, I think, at least two people, maybe three, who go, I'm trying to quit smoking. Maybe, maybe it's just an indication to pray for me. So, well, come on up. Let's pray for you. So we figured that's what it was. It was just God calling out some smokers who didn't want to be smokers anymore so we could ask God to give them the power to get free. And we did. It was great. There we go. Go home. Good night. The next week, ah, kumbaya, my Lord, whatever I was singing, I don't know. I said, does anybody else smell cigarette smoke again? Uh, no, but I didn't quit this week. <laughs> Can you pray for me? Yeah, come on up. I wish you guys had quit smoking so I could quit smelling cigarette smoke while I'm worshiping God. So this goes on. Prayed for them, yada, yada. Every now and then, every several weeks or couple months, We'd be worshiping the Lord together. And I'd smell cigarette smoke. And I began to ask this question. Lord, do you smell like cigarette smoke? Because that just seems wrong on a lot of levels, you know? <laughs> and uh, he didn't say no. But I got this witness in my heart that said, what I was experiencing was the presence of God. I know. That's why I said, I mean, if, it, if I'd have said it sounded like patchouli oil or something, you'd say, oh, cool, way, way to go. But uh, <laughs> cigarette smoke's a stretch for you, right? I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's why I'm so reluctant to share this. But the encounter with God is so real that off and on, when I'm just in the presence of the Lord, I smell that. So Thursday night, a bunch of people came here and we piled into cars to pray the loop. In my truck, I had four other people in my truck and we cranked up some tunes and headed around the loop and prayed and made a lap through uh, my McDonald's. Prayed for them. <laughs> Big story there. Got a text from the owner the next day. Well, anyway. Um, so we're praying the loop. And we get about 15 minutes around the around 270, 
I said, does anybody smell cigarette smoke? I thought John Bills was smoking a cigarette behind me. He was sitting in my back seat back there. I don't think he smokes. I don't know. But it was that strong. And they said, no, we don't smell cigarette smoke. And I said, well, I do. And there was such a profound presence of the Lord in my truck as we were worshiping God and praying and moving around 270. Okay. Yesterday morning, Karen and I, Peggy Barker, and a youngster who just went off to middle school named Vincent were in her car, and we were going to deliver groceries over to Trentle Park. And a whole bunch of people, several cars going over. I'm driving along, or a little clown car. Have you seen Karen's little clown car? Yeah. I'm driving along. And I said to them, do you smell smoke? Beloved, I smell smoke right now. Right at this moment. It's a weird story, isn't it? And it's evidence of what one of the many ways God has made himself visible to me in the times I needed him to be visible. And that's for you too. Eyes that see. Anybody want that? Eyes that see or nose that smells or just the encounter with God on a palpable level. Anybody want that? Come on up. Let's just ask God, open your eyes. This is what God wants us to do right now, is just pray for eyes that see just the palpable experience of the Lord. I don't know what your encounter will be like. Don't, don't ever try to copy somebody. Just try to be inspired by the stories of others, but don't try to say, how come I don't smell cigarette smoke, okay? But just ask God to say, could I, could I encounter you in palpable ways so that I can serve you at the level that my heart wants to serve you? Come on up, and we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Just come for these men and women who want to experience you in a significant way, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come now and move through your people. As you stand there, you might begin to just see in your, let's call it imagination, if you will, just or kind of sense something the Lord is speaking to you. Sometimes he'll bring up something that's a barrier. You could just confess that. Maybe some of you are here because you say, I, I do pray that, oh God, if there is a God, save my soul if I have a soul prayer. And you want to get through that. There was a time when there was this healing thing going on with Jesus. And Jesus said to the guy, do you believe? And he said, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief. He said, I'm halfway there. Would you bring me the rest of the way? In the name of Jesus, I pray that God will just bring you the rest of the way now. Full belief, without reservation, without doubt, without confusion, not without questions, but without doubt, without hesitation. Full belief in the name of Jesus. Come now. We're just going to let him work here. I just sense his presence, including the aroma, so strongly right now. Just the presence of the Lord here. Who else is having a sense of the Lord's presence in your life right now? You're standing here. Who else is? There you go. Just give him praise. And just invite him more. More. See, you've come by faith. So now we'll give you some sight.
You know, so much American preaching is if you have faith, you can have a nice car, a nice home, a nice family, a nice job. What a, what a sellout. If you have faith, you can encounter God, right? <laughs> how, much, how much is that just settling for so much less? Presence of God coming into this house. I didn't even get to the message yet. This is just the Lord at work because he loves you. I shouldn't tell you this because it might jinx it, but every now and then when I'm sitting in my green chair, Karen will walk by and kiss me on top of the head. That's a really cool, cool moment. I pray that the Father will just kiss you on top of the head right now. Just tell you that he loves you. And in his greatness, he loves you. That on your days of great obedience and victory, he loves you. On the days you trip and fall and even wallow in it, he loves you. Just tell the Lord you want to be in the smoking section. Just tell him, Lord, maybe it's not that, but you just want to be in that place, you know, where you encounter him. You start by faith. And then God just gives you encounter data. Lord, I pray that as you're touching these people now with, with uh, encounter, that you bless everybody here in this very room with purpose, that specific sense of purpose, calling, that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. There's a specific call. Show us, Lord. Show us where our feet are meant to be planted and where our hands are meant to work, Lord. Yeah. Lord. Lord, your love is better than life. Your ways are higher than our ways. So, Lord, as we, uh, we just bow into your presence now, we surrender into your presence, Lord, that you made us, and so you have every right to command us. You remade us in Christ, and you have every right to command every aspect of our lives. And so we bow before you without reservation, without holding anything back, just pushing all in now and coming into your presence. Lord, I pray that you will continue to release the power of your Holy Spirit in this assembly, in this fellowship, so that the men and women and teens and children of this church would know you beyond any doubt, Lord. That they would walk with you would ride with you, they would think with you, they would study with you, they would work with you, they would, they would have relationships with others with you, God, that you would be in their every waking moment. And oh God, that you would pour out your purpose on each one of us in such a way that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven through us, oh Lord that you would burden us with a purpose, a compelling purpose for being on the planet and for being sons and daughters of the living God. And 
that you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord. Oh God, we bless you today. Continue this process of the sequel in our lives as individuals and, and in the life of this fellowship, Lord. As you just look out across the future, oh Lord, you know the end from the beginning and so we surrender ourselves to a writing of a great sequel for this fellowship. Pour out your spirit on us. Walk with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church.